first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. With Indianapolis Colts sit at 9-4 and four right now. They head home after a two-game road standing to face division rival Houston again for the second time this season. Houston comes in, losers of two straight, sit at a record of four and nine right now. My guys, Andrew Thomas and Derek Larger here. Fellas, how you doing? Hope you guys have been well. Hope you guys have been staying safe and uh, mm-hmm. been enjoying some Colts dubs here recently. Heck yeah, man. Awesome time. The Colts are right in position where they want to be for this playoff run. And, you know, we just got to take care of business these next three weeks. Appreciate you asking, Cody. I'm doing well, um, and I have been enjoying a lot of Colts wins as of late. Let's hope they they, they uh, can, can can keep that going. Absolutely, yeah. These next three games are going to be so so important for the Colts moving forward. To potentially, you know, could potentially go as as high as you know. I know it's pretty much a long stretch, but I think the two seed, if Pittsburgh continues to do this downslide, but certainly have a chance for the division nonetheless. Let's get into this game, fellows. Let's start here. Uh, with the Colts offense. So Colts offense comes in right now, averaging about 376.7 yards per game. That's good for ninth in the league. Uh, Right now, they're eighth overall in passing yards per game, 15th overall in rushing yards per game. This comes off of 212-yard performance last week against the Raiders. Uh, So this Colts offense has been humming as of recently. Phillip Rivers has been doing well, 20 touchdowns on the year against nine picks, um, over 3,500 yards. Uh, So First off, before we get to this, give me your guys' impressions of this Colts offense now at through 13 games. Andrew, I'll let you have the honors. Appreciate that, Derek. Uh, you know, I think they finally have found their footing. I think it's given the just the oddness of this year, not just for the Colts, but for really any every NFL team with COVID and no preseason and uh, limited practice availability. I think it's taken a while for some NFL offenses to, to find their footing and to come together and to really figure out who they are and what they're capable of. And um, I think the Colts have finally, like I said, I think they finally have found themselves in a position where the running game is coming back at the right time. The offensive line is getting healthy. Uh, Anthony Costanzo coming back after just missing two weeks with that MCL sprain is a lot, uh, is much bigger uh, than I think uh, some people may think because Chaz Green is not very good. And uh, <laughs> when you're protecting a quarterback who cannot move, who is a statue in Phillip Rivers, you have to be able to um, protect his blind side. And we saw uh, Green struggle uh, just a couple of weeks ago down in Houston. And so I, I think the Colts are they're, – they're in a position where I think if they can continue to run the ball, <clears throat> pardon me, at a, at a uh, reasonable rate, that, uh, that'll open up things in the passing game like we saw against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and I think they could potentially be a very dangerous playoff team. Yeah, and to kind of add on to what Andrew was saying, I think this offense now is playing at a level that warrants – being able to be considered that that they're a Super Bowl team right now. And it is absolutely 
I would say another word or other words to describe this, but it's absolutely ridiculous that, you know, national media people are still not putting Indianapolis in the top 10. It's absolutely ridiculous. You got guys saying that Tampa Bay still deserves to be in the top 10. Cleveland still deserves to easy, easily be in the top 10. And other teams like that, it's like, have you not been seeing what the Colts have been doing lately? And off of other people's logic, right? Other people's logic describes exactly what the Colts are doing right now. In the most pivotal time, and I mentioned this with Cody in our, in our uh, recap video of this last week, this Colts offense is starting to get to a point now where it's moving at a way that we want it to move. It is becoming more effective. It's becoming a lot more uh, creative. It's getting a lot more uh, efficient in the way they're scoring and the way they're moving. The running game is now playing at an all-time high. Phillip Rivers looks as comfortable as he's ever been in a pocket for many, many years now. I mean, this looks like the team right now, and especially with the defense that we're thinking they have right now, you know, this offense has definitely been playing very well as of recently, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And now that we got Anthony Costanzo back in this lineup to protect Phillip Rivers for this upcoming week, uh, the pressure should be, uh, the Colts should be able to hold off the pressure just a little bit better this time around than they did last time against Houston. Yeah, and not to mention also Houston right now in terms of stopping the pass is 24th in the league, so not very good. And they also just lost their star safety, Justin Reed, for the season. So that's a big loss for Houston secondary um, coming in now as Indianapolis's offense has been really efficient. And the big thing is they just haven't turned the ball over a lot, which has been huge. Right now the Colts come in at second in the league in turnover differential, uh, which is definitely huge for this matchup. I mean, you look at it right now, um, the Colts right now set at plus 10 in terms of uh, turnover differential. That is head and shoulders different than last year. Yeah. Houston right now is 26 in the league. They're at negative six. So Houston doesn't take the ball away and they turn the ball over a little bit more. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what the Colts can do, how they can expose this Houston defense. Uh, I mentioned they weren't very good against the, the past. They're even worse against the run. They're 31st in the league against the run. So ideally, this should be a game where the Colts should have their way on offense. And hopefully, um, after this Raiders game, and they really stepped it up and put their foot on the pedal in the second half in terms of offense, they won't repeat what they had a couple weeks ago, uh, where that second half where they didn't score a single point and really lucked out on that win. Um, Yeah. You know, just looking at Houston right now, their defense is in shambles. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember the offense for Indy here. I mean, even last time we played them, even with Rivers being sacked three times, he still threw for a 70% completion percentage for 285 yards and two touchdowns. So if we're thinking the protection is going to be even better this time around, just imagine what Phillip Rivers could possibly do in this game coming up. Or you could see Jonathan Taylor go for another 150-yard game again I mean, the Houston deep rushing defense is no better than what the Raiders defense was. And let's, um, if you don't mind, I want to touch on that just for a second. I want to yep. touch on how, how well Phillip Rivers has been playing. I tweeted this out yesterday, um, and, and it was just a really interesting status, something that came to my mind. I had to really sit and think yesterday – I couldn't think of the last time Philip Rivers had a double-digit interception game. And so I looked it up. Week five versus Cleveland. We're in week 14. That's a long time. 
And in my opinion, Rivers has had two games this season where he's cost the Colts because of his uh, because of his turnovers. Jacksonville, week one, two interceptions. Cleveland, week five, two interceptions. There's a pattern. He has multiple interception games, uh, which isn't entirely – it doesn't necessarily mean that the, if the Colts lose, it's because of that, but it's, it doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. Um, but Rivers has been – Everything is advertised, I think, this season. Coming off of a really, really bad season where there was a lot of skepticism because of those 20 interceptions. I was one of the one of the main people, I think a lot of people were, that were kind of skeptical. You know, what kind of Phillip Rivers are you going to get? Are you going to get the, the Phillip Rivers that is that knows the offense that Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni run and is going to uh, be efficient and perform well? Or are you going to get somebody that's more kind of uh, – all over the place, if you will, and somebody that that cost your team games like he did with the Chargers just a year ago with the turnovers. And we've seen that Phillip Rivers with a really good offensive line with a running game that, to be completely honest with you, up until the last month and a half or so was fairly non-existent, had been performing well over the last five, six, seven games uh, or longer. And we have to give him credit, I think. He has been exceptional uh, over the last month and a half. Yeah, absolutely. I just pulled up a stat here. His last eight games, Phillip Rivers has tossed 16 touchdowns as opposed to only four interceptions. So credit him. The last eight games, he's been fantastic for Indianapolis. And that's not even counting. Uh, and that's also including, you know, that that kind of bizarre thing. They ruled an interception in that Ravens game. The one that was tipped up in the air and intercepted. So really, you take those two away. Um, he's only thrown two interceptions in the last eight games. So that's definitely huge. Phillip Rivers has been great for this offense, um, really been efficient, and he just hasn't turned the ball over, and that's huge for what the Colts want to do, be moving forward. Um, all right, so let's also talk about this Houston offense. So Deshaun Watson obviously went down last week, came back into that game. So, you know, that'll be something worth monitoring through the week, but it looks like he'll probably play. If I was guessing, I'd probably say he was going to play. But Houston comes in right now. I mean, besides their passing offense, it's just nothing to write home about at all. Uh, come in 23rd in terms of points per game, 25th, uh, or I'm sorry, 18th in terms of total yards, 32nd in terms of rushing yards per game, and then fifth in passing yards. Um, so really, besides Deshaun Watson and this, this passing offense, Houston really hasn't been able to do anything this whole year. Uh, with David Johnson, Duke Johnson, all those guys there in the running game. Uh, what do you think the Colts need to do in order to slow down Deshaun Watson, slow down this offense, and really do what they did in the second half against this team last time? I'll let, I'll let Andrew go first yeah, here because I didn't get to I didn't get to watch that defense the first time around. So um, my biggest thing is is to get Deshaun Watson on the turf. Mm-hmm. They had five sacks. Last, they had five sacks last time, and they probably could have had ten. I mean, they they were constantly in Watson's face. That pocket had, you know, uh, was constant. I mean, it was it was bad, uh, for a lack of a better word. It was it was awful. Watson. The only reason the Texans, I think, had any sort of relevant offense in that game was because of his ability to escape outside the pocket to make things happen uh, off script and and, and uh, to extend drives. Um, and he's thrown to guys like Chad Hansen and Kiki QT uh, and Brandon and Brandon Cooks, who's who's a quality receiver, but but certainly not you know top ten or top five. Um, and he's making it happen. He's he's a special special quarterback. And the way you you slow down a quarterback that has those kinds of capabilities is by getting him on the turf and, and finishing him off, if you will. Yeah, I think my brother was uh, messaging me during the game saying the amount of times that this defense touched Deshaun Watson but wasn't able to actually bring him down 
it was actually incredible. It's like, yeah, five sacks, like, you know, five sacks. That's incredible. That's a great day that most defenses will just take that. But then you saw, you know, the rest of those plays where every other, it seemed every other pass, my brother was telling me, it seemed every other pass, there was somebody in Deshaun Watson's face. We just couldn't get him down on a couple of them. So yeah, you're right. It's ultimately just making Deshaun Watson actually stay in the pocket and actually having Deshaun Watson throw the football. You don't want him to escape the pocket because he's very, uh, very talented in being able to get out of the pocket and make plays on his feet. And, you know, we know that from many times of experience, but, you know, we know the, we know the receivers for Houston is not in a spot now where it's going to overpower the Colts defense. The corners of Indianapolis are better than the wide receivers that Houston has. So you have to make sure that you're winning the matchups. And you also have to just make sure that you're keeping Deshaun Watson from making plays with his feet. Yeah. We all know the type of player Deshaun Watson is even in that last game. It's like with basically no offensive line, Deshaun Watson was able to make some pretty spectacular plays. And that's why I would consider him top 10, top five quarterback in the league. He can just do that despite, you know, very Andrew luck like, right. Despite really nothing around you, you can make things out of nothing and make players that, off the street really look like superstars. So uh, definitely he's, he's definitely the one guy you got to focus on contain him, make him stay in the pocket, uh, get some pressure on him, put him on the ground early, get him off a rhythm. Uh, I think if you can do that, cause like I said, Houston's not running the ball very well at all. They're, <laughs> they're averaging 86 yards per game. Uh, I don't think the Colts have allowed that besides Derrick Henry in a game for a long time. So Overall, yeah, I feel like the Colts, on paper at least, have a really high advantage over Houston in this game. I mean, the records speak for themselves right now. Houston's lost two in a row. Uh, They just got absolutely trounced this past week again by Chicago, who the Colts obviously beat earlier in the season. Um, And the Colts just hung 44 points on the Raiders. And, uh, and it's something I didn't mention is, is Houston's pat Houston's defense is allowing about 27 points per game, about 25th in the league. So, Seems like it's the the signs are the Colts are going to score probably over thirty points in this game. If I was so. a betting man, um, just based off of the stats that Houston has, uh, but this potentially could be a trap game though. That's something that I just have to make sure we have to make sure we're watching for, you know, because Houston has nothing to play for. They were just officially eliminated from the playoffs, so uh, all they have to play for now is pride at this point in draft position. So I feel like the type of competitor that Deshaun Watson is, he's just not going to let. Houston just sit down and, and just let the Colts trounce over them. All these games against Deshaun Watson are always pretty tight, tightly contested games. So I think the Colts can't afford, they just had a great victory against the Raiders. Um, a game they, you know, they struggled last year against them. They kind of go to, got over that a little bit. They cannot afford to let their foot off the gas against Houston because Deshaun Watson's able to do what he's able to do. This game could be a lot closer than we're than potentially should be in this game. Um, Another bit of news that I think is noteworthy, Rigoberto Sanchez, a Colts punter who just had surgery a couple weeks ago for uh, that cancerous, uh, I believe it was a tumor found in him. Um, He is potentially coming back to practice this week, which is absolutely huge. I don't know if that'll necessarily mean that he will play in this game, but that's definitely really good news. But, you know, even if he doesn't play in this game, one guy we haven't talked about enough, and I feel like he's done a really phenomenal job is Ryan Allen, the replacement punter. I've really liked what he's done overall. Um, from a punter standpoint for the Colts. I mean, 
you can obviously tell a little bit of the drop off, but really, I think Ryan Allen's replaced him very admirably. Admirably. Uh, what is your guys' take, Ben, of Ryan Allen so far, and potentially if Rigoberto Sanchez can come back this week? How huge is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Allen's actually not had much of a chance to actually be used. You know, these last couple weeks, I don't know how many times we punted against Houston the first time. But I know against the Raiders, we only punted once. So, you know, not many times to get to use it. But, you know, Ryan Allen's definitely been a trooper. He's definitely uh, had a good leg, has not made any costly punts like what we saw with the Titans the first time around when we played them. So Ryan Allen's definitely been consistent. He's been good. So it's all you can really ask for in your replacement. And if Rigoberto Sanchez does come back, that, that's incredible. First off, like to beat off of having a cancerous tumor in you just three weeks ago and being so, and now saying, oh, okay, well, I'm back. I'm ready to play some football again. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I know that obviously he's not done. He's not had a lot of the regular medical treatment that they would give somebody that was further along, but nevertheless, it's still a great story to see that, you know, he's had that happen to him and, less than a month later, Hey, I'm back and wanting to be with my brothers again. So it's really good to see. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, Derek. I think Ryan Allen has been a nice feeling. Uh, Pardon me for Sanchez. Uh, uh, You know, God bless him and his family. And I hope that he continues to, um, to, to heal and to, uh, you know, uh, progress uh, health-wise as, as we move forward. And as you said, I think it's extremely impressive that he's able to potentially come back and play just three weeks removed from uh, surgery for that cancerous tumor. So kudos to him, um, you know, for for um, wanting to come back and, and potentially perform, like you said, with his teammates, for his team, knowing uh, how, how important of a piece he really is. Uh, one of the better punters in the league, I don't think that is, that is often talked about. You talk about uh, you know, punting, you, you, you talk about field position, the, that, how that could change things in a game um, rather quickly. Uh, and Sanchez has certainly been one of the better punters for the last couple of years. And uh, uh, it should be, inter- it should, uh, as Cody said earlier, there's something to uh, monitor uh, this week. Maybe he'll be able to come back and play. And um, I think it would be a big, big help for the Colts. Absolutely. All right, guys, last thing we're going to do here. Our score predictions. We always do this in our previews. Score prediction time. Andrew, I'll let you go first. What score do you have in this game? Do you think the Colts or the Texans take it? Put me on the spot there, Cody. Um, I'm going to say Colts. They're nine wins. I think ten wins get you into the playoffs. I think nine nine wins is close, um, but with how competitive the AFC is this year, I think you have to win minimum 10 games to get into one of those wild card spots. It'd be nice if they could win 11 or 12, but I think 10 wins solidifies that playoff spot for you. I'm going to go Colts get the win at home, secure the playoff berth. Uh, I'm going to say they win 31 to 20. I think the Colts um, coming off of a really good performance against the Raiders. We've mentioned that Houston struggles pretty much in every thinkable facet on offense uh, they can't uh, really stop anybody on defense either uh, as we've seen uh, the Colts as you mentioned kind of got away with one two weeks ago they were sort of given a gift and they took it and ran with it I don't think that's the case this time a healthy Anthony Costanzo a healthy offensive line Colts are getting healthy at the right time and I think that they uh, show up and show out 31 20. Um, you know I, I was looking at playoff scenarios uh, just yesterday and 
boys, I'm going to tell you, even if we go two and one here, there is still doubt that we can make the playoffs. There still is. Imagine thinking that 11 and five Colts team, we could still miss the playoffs. So this team has to dial in. It has to like, if this team doesn't go on, doesn't go undefeated the rest of the season. If they don't beat Houston, if they don't beat Pittsburgh, they don't beat the Jags, then this team still has a possibility to not make the playoffs. The the Dolphins can ruin that for us. The Ravens can ruin that for us. And we already know the Browns are ruining it for us. So we just need to pray that these three teams start messing up. But we also have to really hope that this team is ready for this next three-game stretch because this one is very, very important. Two and one may not cut it. So it has to be two and one or three and oh at this point. But going back to the score prediction, I do think the Colts are going to win this one. I think after what they just saw from, from Houston against Chicago, the fact that they made Mitch Trubisky look like what Gardner Minshew looked like against us week one, although Mitch Trubisky actually looked even better than Gardner Minshew did. It, it goes to show, I think the Colts are ready to lay the hammer down. I think they're going to lay it down and they're going to remind people just of what this team can actually do. So I think this one's going to be a 34 to 17 game. I think that the Colts are going to win in pretty dominant fashion in this one. Yeah. Well, you know, I said, I think the Colts are going to score 30 plus. So I'm going 35, 21 Indianapolis as well. And I don't think this is really a disrespect thing for Houston. I mean, we talked about, we praised Deshaun Watson in this podcast lots of times, but I think just simply the injuries, Houston's not good anywhere else besides the quarterback position. Yeah. I think it's going to finally catch up to them. And I was honestly a little bit surprised uh, that they were able to keep up with Indianapolis a couple weeks ago, but like you mentioned, Indianapolis is healthy. Now they got back Costanzo. They got back Okariki. They got back Kari Willis. Uh, I really think that this is the week that the Colts dominate back-to-back week games. I mean, I really think this it doesn't come down to the fourth quarter. I think the Colts dominate uh, pretty much the entire game. It's never in question for me. And the reason why I even give Houston 21 points is because Deshaun Watson, um, him alone is worth 21 points in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I think the Colts are going to win pretty dominantly here. They know what they need to do. Their backs are kind of against the wall right now. Like you have to keep winning at this point. And I think the Colts know that. And I think after this last week's performance, kind of getting the monkey off their back a little bit with the Raiders, especially after last year's kind of embarrassing performance defensively. Uh, I think the Colts have a really good chance um, and really will come out and dominate it and firing on all cylinders in this game. So, all righty. Well, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Derek. This was a really good podcast. It's great to get all three of us on here. It's been a while since we've been able to do it, but yeah. definitely love to do it. And definitely would love a Colts dub on Sunday. Get them to 10 wins on the year. That would be huge for this team in the playoff picture. Still a good chance to win that AFC South. Obviously, Tennessee is going to play Detroit potentially without Matthew Stafford. So, of course, Tennessee seems like they keep getting breaks with these injuries. Um, and then they obviously played to tr- play uh, Green Bay as well. So that could potentially be the game the Colts need. Um, potentially, if the Colts could win out, maybe they – They lose to a green Bay and then the Colts are sitting there at the number four, number three seed. Who knows? Who really knows? These next three games are going to be huge, but starts right here. One and oh, Colts got to come out. They got to take care of business. They got to win like we think they will and hope they will. Uh, It all comes down to that. There's no excuses. They're pretty much healthy at this point. So, all righty, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Colts. (laughs) 